Talking Raven, a podcast about finding the perfect path towards your perfect post-secondary destination. Each episode, we will highlight events you'll want to attend, deadlines you won't want to miss, and share some insight into what makes Carleton University a community like no other. Let's start the show. Hello, future Ravens. Welcome back to the Talking Raven podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. I got to be honest with you all, I'm, I'm riding the high of last week's episode. Really, really enjoyed introducing what will now be known as the Talking Raven University Checklist. So if you haven't done so already, please take the time at some point uh, today, this week, this weekend, whenever, to listen to our first steps episode. I, I promise you, you're not going to want to miss it. You're also not going to want to miss what we have in store for today's episode. I had a chance to sit down with four awesome members of Carlton's community, folks that I consider friends, uh, my colleagues, and uh, people that will be part of your journey uh, should you attend Carlton University. So uh, we know that as you continue to discover universities and start to really put those pieces of the puzzle together, there will be kind of four key elements that will undoubtedly be a big part of your decision-making process. So we wanted to give you a chance to learn more about those four different areas and to hear from our experts and understand where Carlton fits uh, within those places, those conversations. So uh, I'm not going to delay and stall too much further because we had a really great lengthy convo. Uh, so here it is, our, our first ever TRP roundtable discussion. I hope you enjoy it. This is the TRP Roundtable, and I am so honored to have the following folks join us for this conversation. It is my pleasure to introduce Alana Salem, Financial Aid Administrator in the Awards Office. Alana, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Uh, Caitlin McGregor, Assistant Manager, Cooperative Education. Caitlin, how are things? Hi, Stanley. Things are good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Meg Blackwell. Program and Communication Support Administrator in the Center for Student Academic Support, or CSAS for short. Meg, uh, long title. Hopefully, you're having a shorter week. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Thanks so much for having me. Hello, hello. And finally, Brad Cousineau, who is the Student Life Officer in the, in the Student Experience Office. Brad, how's your Friday going? It's amazing. It's amazing. Good, good. Well, thank you all again for uh, for joining us and, and welcome to the Talking Raven podcast. Now, before we get into the conversation, I want to give you each a chance to talk a bit more about you know who you are, uh, what you do at Carleton, and, and what's your office all about. So, Alana, how about you start um, kind of painting that picture for our audience? Sure. So I am a financial aid administrator in the awards and financial aid office at Carleton. Um, so I typically and mostly focus on OSAP, so the Ontario Student Assistance Program. Lots of students who come to Carleton or go to university in general in Ontario will be applying for OSAP uh, to help fund their studies. And so I kind of advise and help students along in that process. But our office also handles bursaries and scholarships and any kind of budgeting and funding of uh, post-secondary studies. So. Um, that's sort of what we do here. Awesome. And Caitlin, you know, and I talked a bit about bursaries and scholarships and, and money is always a conversation that happens. And 
that leads some students to uh, your role. So maybe tell us more about uh, what you do at Carleton and what your office is all about. Absolutely. So co-op is an excellent opportunity for students to get work experience prior to graduating. So it's part of what we call work integrated learning, where students alternate study terms with professional work terms. It's fully paid and kind of on what, what Alana was saying, it helps to pay tuition along the way and graduate with uh, an excellent resume filled with professional experience that that really helps them out uh, career wise. So it's a fantastic program and I'm excited to uh, tell you guys more about it. Now, now, Meg, your your title, when I read it off, very long title, but it's very fitting for your office because your office does so many awesome things. Maybe you can tell us just a little bit, give us a teaser of what your office is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So the Center for Student Academic Support, or CSAS, focuses entirely on student-centered services that helps both undergraduate, graduate, special students to overcome learning and writing-related challenges and to help them work towards their academic goals. So whether they're in first year or graduate studies, kind of wherever they're at in their learning journey, we're there to support and uh, help everyone kind of overcome those challenges and work towards the goals that they've set up for themselves throughout the year. Very cool, very cool. And Brad, um, speaking of cool, there isn't a cooler title than student life officer. So maybe explain to the folks what that is and, and what the student experience office is all about. Sure, so uh, a lot of my responsibilities um, our kind of project base is uh, looking at different ways to engage with students and find different opportunities here on campus to create um, a holistic learning opportunities for students so that they uh, are very well-rounded uh, as they are graduates of Carleton University. So we look at uh, we look at things like leadership opportunities and different programmings and events that uh, that provide those experiences that tie in together nicely and complement their academic learning. Now, I've been on the road for a couple of weeks and uh, we've been having some awesome conversations. And in our presentation, one of the things we do is highlight some of the ways students can tap into the, uh, the financial support, uh, including an amazing scholarship called the Prestige Scholarship. So to kind of launch our conversation, Alana, can you tell the folks, maybe walk them through the actual application process for that Prestige Scholarship? You know, when should students apply and, and, and what is your office, you know, hoping to see on that application? Yeah, so um, at Carleton, when you apply uh, to for admissions to our university, we do automatically assess students for entrance scholarships right away. So there is no separate application for that. But for our prestige scholarships, these are awards that are higher in value. Some of them do cover full tuition. And so there is an application for the prestige scholarships, which is available on our website. Um, so these awards are due uh, by March 1st. So the application can be submitted to our office by that deadline. And it's essentially for students who have an admissions average of 90% or better and have played a leadership role in their community. So this is the place where students get to highlight all the awesome things they do outside of their high school academics, um, the things that they volunteer for or work in or participate in. So one of the key things that, um, like, I guess, a hot tip for students is to focus more on leadership style activities. So rather than lots and lots of activities, 
highlight the ones where you played a leadership role. So instead of just participating on the soccer team, you were the captain of the soccer team. Um, so instead of just volunteering for a community event, were you on the executive decision-making committee of that event? So those are kind of tips to have your application stand out amongst the hundreds of applications that we do receive for these awards. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you said hundreds because there are a lot of applicants out there and a lot of amazing students that are, are looking to, to tap into those financial resources. And I'm, I wonder if, you know, if a student has a prestige scholarship, you know, Caitlin, would that give them a leg up on their co-op experience? Will employers look for that type of uh, kind of a symbol on their resume? And if not, what would make a really good kind of co-op student? Great question, Stanley. So I would say that probably a lot of co-op participants are scholarship recipients by virtue of the fact that participate in co-op, you do have to have a very high CGPA from Carleton U. So basically the way students get into co-op is we look at their first or second year marks or a combination of both, depending on the program. And if they meet our criteria, they're admitted, they get to complete the Co-op 1000 class, which is a preparatory online course that they take prior to applying to jobs. So really, I think from an employer perspective, what they're looking for is somebody who has a very professional resume and tailored cover letter. During interviews, they're looking for students who've really done their homework, have researched the company, have researched the organization and can can speak about it in an informed way. So students can really help themselves stand out by working closely with their co-op student advisor, who's there along the way to help them, inform them what to put possibly on a resume. It's difficult when, you know, a young person doesn't necessarily have years of professional experience the way we do. It's totally normal. And there's ways to highlight what they've done to showcase their talents and abilities because they, they certainly have them. Grades do factor in at times to uh, an employer's decision as to who to hire, but I would say because all our students are very good, grades are not the be-all and end-all. You can have someone with a 12 CGPA or a 9.5, and they can present themselves equally well in an interview. So it's all about, um, I think, doing your homework, doing your research, being invested, and using the resources at their disposal, and there's lots of them. I remember um, when I graduated from my degree, I did a Bachelor of Arts in Mass Communications, and uh, it, the program transformed into a degree program. And then literally the year after I graduated, they introduced a co-op option to it. Oh. And I was like, why does this always happen to me? And, and, uh, and I mean, obviously it worked out because I'm, I'm working and I love working at Carleton, but, uh, but I know how valuable that experience would have been. And I, I also know how valuable it is to just kind of tap into resources that we have. And sometimes students don't recognize the importance of utilizing tools until it's like, you know, the trouble season, you know, and we want to try to get students away from that period. So, so Meg, when do you think students should begin accessing, you know, some of the programs and services that your office offers? Mm -hmm, That's a great question. So something I always like to say to students is you want to set yourself up for success. And so really, whether it's your first year at Carlson or whether you have a couple years under your belt, Starting out with resources early on in the term can be really helpful. So for example, something like time management, it seems something that's really simple, but really setting up, you know, a really solid time management plan, 
when things are due, how you're going to access what you need to. That's something that can be really helpful to students. And so that's a big part of my job is meeting with students at the beginning of terms and saying, okay, how can we set you up to make sure that you are going to have the most successful semester that you possibly can? But with that being said, if you feel like you have waited a little longer, maybe it is that trouble season, that's totally okay too. Our services are available to everyone. And so, you know, it's always great to start early, but it's also okay if you waited a little longer and uh, now you're like, whoop, I need to kind of adjust what I'm doing. That's perfectly fine as well. Yeah, it makes me think of my golf game. You know, like I, I always start around thinking I'm going to do super well and and I forget all of the tools and tips and tricks I have mm-hmm. to, to hit the ball. And then I get into trouble season a lot on the golf course. And yet you finish the round, you still feel good about that one or two moments and getting that advice is super helpful. Now, now Brad, I, I kind of joked about your title, but honestly, like your office is maybe the heartbeat of our campus. You know, it really is the lifeline between you know, when students are starting their journey at Carleton and when they really feel like they're part of the community. So um, during this pandemic, and, you know, we're really hoping that everyone is doing what they can to stay safe and, and healthy as we continue to, to navigate um, COVID. Um, how did your office manage to create that sense of community uh, within the virtual world? And I, I really think about things like, you know, orientation week, you know, how was that kind of executed uh, virtually? So what we did was we looked at all of the services that we offered and we identified ways to deliver them online. Um, unfortunately, that was the, the only option, but it was an option that produced great results. So when we're tying those pieces in together, we are trying to look at how do we connect students to each other, peer-to-peer connections? How do we connect them to faculty and staff? How do we, draw, how do we make those things occur? Because as soon as you create that sense of community, you end up having a, you have cheerleaders, right, is the way I would describe it. You have people supporting you and really kind of pushing for you to be successful. So I kind of also reflected on it um, when I came to Carleton a, a number of years ago, I, I met with my orientation leaders and they, they act as mentors to me. And they said, hey, you should check out the writing tutorial services, for example, if you're struggling with writing. So it's how do you create those connections between the peers so then they can then leverage those experiences around campus. And we want to make sure that not only are those pieces happening, but also those pieces that um, allow for student development. So when we're talking about student leadership, um, how do we then put on something like the SOAR conference online where we had uh, Martin Luther King III come and join us and provide an inspirational talk? And how do we get students to engage with that? So we were very successful in having a Q&A. We actually had more participants in our events because they were in a virtual format. So the, the pandemic was kind of a gift and a curse in some ways because we were forced to be delivering our services online, which was challenging, but we were actually able to have a broader reach in some cases because a lot of our services ended up being connected with students in a lot of different ways. So that's, that was the main focus, was taking our core content, our core programming, and put it in a way that's accessible for students and, and, um, and, and really kind of has that community impact that we're looking for. You mentioned something there, SOAR. What is SOAR? Because uh, I, I, I mean, obviously I know what it is, but for our audience that doesn't know, because it was super awesome to, to hear Martin Luther King III, you know, talk to our community and have a conversation about, you know, diversity and, and, and inclusion and continuing to fight for what's right. So maybe you can tell us a bit more about the SOAR conference. So the SOAR conference is uh, led by um, one of our pro staff named uh, Teddy. 
and she uh, does incredible work on this on this programming. And what it focuses on is identifying a leadership within our community and how us as a community at Carleton and us as individuals can act as leaders and make a difference um, uh, once we graduate and once and while we're at Carleton. So not only is there a, um, a main speaker, so last year was Martin Luther King III, uh, before that it was uh, Tessa Virtue the year previously, and they talked about resilience and, and, and all of these things that really tie to those student experiences that you overcome challenges and, and how, do you, how, do you, how do you navigate those pieces? And then within that, there's um, a speaker series. So those will be led by professional staff, uh, community leaders, and also students. So students also have a voice in explaining how they were able to be leaders on campus and what they were able to achieve and where that's going to bring them into the future. So it, it kind of encapsulates all of those pieces to allow them to un a, understand their experiences as leaders. And that, uh, that definitely ties into all of the other, uh, other programming that we're seeing uh, through the other offices, because oftentimes students don't always recognize how they're being leaders. And I think that's also the very, very important component is saying, hey, I, 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 I role modeled here, or I was a leader here. And how, how did that impact the community? And how did that, how can that translate for my resume? Or how can that be um, put forward for, uh, for other opportunities? Yeah, it's, I, I, love, I love this conversation about leadership because because I, I, I like to tell students that I like to tell students that while obviously you're looking for a degree, you're hoping to get a job at the end of this kind of journey, what you're really doing is determining your leadership pathway, right? You're determining the way you're going to change the world. Like it's inevitable, like this group of students that we're, we're chatting with, that they're going to go on to change what the world looks like in 5, 10, 15 years. And so it's more of a matter of, you know, how do you decide to do that? And, and Caitlin, you know, sometimes we, you know, tell students like go out there and find your jobs, but but your office does an amazing uh, job of taking on that leadership role and connecting with various organizations within the city. And we have, I believe, the stat is right, over five thousand employers in the city alone that are looking for our students. So, how do we actually identify companies to partner with? Like, do we turn some down? Like, what's that kind of experience <laughs> like? You know, the looking for the right co-fit. Okay, that, that's a great question, Stanley. So first of all, we're, we're very, very lucky to be situated in the city of Ottawa because, of course, we have um, so many federal government offices here that a lot of students are really interested in working for and that uh, the offices themselves want talented Carleton students, hopefully to prep them for, for future roles as civil servants. We also have a high-tech sector in Canada. So there's just two massive, massive sets of employers who are looking for Carleton students. So we do have employers call us, certainly, to ask for talent, to ask for who's available and, and when can we have them. And really, we do vet everybody who is a co-op employer. The experience has to be paid. It has to be full-time. It has to be related to a student's degree program. So we have a set of business development development coordinators who are really, really excellent about seeking out opportunities for our students. We know who is in the co-op program, what degrees they're, they're in, and the kinds of work experiences that, that we need to secure for them in order to have them, you know, have a successful co-op experience. So I'd say with referrals from faculty, through LinkedIn, through conferences, 
the BDCs are able to make some excellent connections, ideally with large organizations so that numerous students can be hired, but we certainly work with smaller groups too because every co-op experience is valuable. So there's tons and tons of opportunities. And as, as a, a tip for students, I would say, be open to all sorts of jobs and experiences. Apply, apply, apply. You may land your dream job, you may not, but no matter what the experience is, you can take something from it, you can put it on your resume, you will get paid, and at the end of the day, you can look back and say, I did X, Y, and Z as an undergrad student, and I am more employable for it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the great ones always say you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, you know, and and sometimes you just got to like, take that shot and see what happens. Like you said, it could end up being your dream job. But if it doesn't end up being that dream job, how awesome it is that you got a chance to experience that within this like really cool structure, the supported environment that is co-op and that is uh, Carlton U and, and that is CSAS. And I, I have to go back to you, Meg, because I don't want to under like sell this. Like there are so many amazing support opportunities through CSAS. So if you had to choose, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What would you say are the like top three services that every student should look, look into in year one. So obviously there's going to be a kind of a peak and valley kind of a journey, but in their first year, if they had to choose three, what would be those three services? You're on the spot, Meg. Don't let me down. Let me know what you think. That's a great question. And I can answer that both from a professional staff perspective, but also I'm a recent Carleton graduate. And so I can answer that kind of from knowing the, the experience of a first year student at Carleton. And so at CSAS, we have three primary services, and each of them are really supportive and helpful in their own way. So the first would be peer-assisted study sessions, or PASS. PASS actually just celebrated last year its 20th anniversary at Carleton. So they're a very structured and well-known program within the university. And kind of as Brad was mentioning, it really focuses on that peer connection, that student development, and creating a collaborative environment that students can work through course material. So that will be the first. The second would be writing services. So writing services is also very well known to Carleton and they can really support with kind of getting the foundations of academic writing down. So if you're a first year student, you're a little confused, maybe you wanna look at how you can improve your writing or how you can kind of you know, add to already a really great writing portfolio. Writing services is an awesome place to, uh, to go and receive that support. And the third would be learning support services. So this is part of where I work as well. Um, so I got to make sure to plug it. And uh, learning support services is amazing for regardless of where you're at. So whether you feel like you're a super strong student and you're looking, you know, I want to get that A, I want to, you know, meet those really high achieving goals, or you feel like, mm, I don't know if I'm super ready for this university thing and, um, you know, struggling a little bit, really learning support services is the place to go and to say, okay, this is where I'm at and this is where I want to be. How can we get there? And how can we kind of reach these goals throughout your first year? And really your first year is super important. That's kind of what sets up the rest of your university degree. And so reaching out and getting connected with CSAS and all of these wonderful services is um, really the way to, the way to you know, set up your university degree and career for future success. Yes, brilliant. You passed the test. You gave some really great <laughs> advice there. And, and just out of curiosity, what did you graduate from? Yeah, I graduated from my bachelor's in social work with a minor in human rights and social justice. Awesome. Well, congrats okay. on, on finishing your degree and then glad that you've been able to, to, to land here at Carleton U. Now, 
Elena, we're going to end with you. And, and you know me, I'm, I'm a hip hop guy. And so I want you to kind of give some shout outs. Um, shout out to maybe kind of the new scholarships that you want to promote, promote or, uh, or shout out to the different ways that you think students can, um, can access and find different awards once they uh, start the degree. So give us your list of shout outs um, award style. <laughs> so unlike uh, hip hop, Mo money, mo problems is not an issue if you are a university student. So we do encourage students to go for everything, apply for as much as you can. You know, when you are a, an applicant right now in this season, this is the time to start looking into it. Um, you don't want to wait too late. So right now you're applying for university at Carleton. You're automatically being assessed for a scholarship. You may want to look at that leadership scholarships with through prestige if you are that kind of a student um, who's at that 90% admissions average, even if you're close to it, definitely take advantage of that opportunity there. But also start asking your parents, your parents' companies. I worked at McDonald's and McDonald's had a scholarship program that nobody asked for. So start asking around in your community through organizations, start seeing where there's money available that you can grab at. And then at Carleton, we also have our entrance bursary program. Um, you know, as soon as you have access to Carleton Central, you'll have access to our entrance bursary. Go ahead and apply. We, you know, we love giving out money as much as possible to help support our students. So definitely apply. Check out our website. Follow all these dates because it starts right at the time that you're applying for university. So take advantage as much as you can. Thank you so much. And, and I, I hope that our listeners took advantage of this awesome panel. Alana, Caitlin, Meg, Brad, uh, thank you for your time, for your expertise, for your awesome advice. We'll have to do this again uh, next semester, revisit this conversation. So again, big thanks to all four of you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, thanks Stanley. It's great. And we will be back with more of the Talking Raven. A huge thanks to Brad, Caitlin, Alana, and Meg for their extremely valuable insight. Now, next week, we're going to be talking virtual fall open house. It's happening on Saturday, November 6th. We're going to give you more details on how you can participate slash attend this year's open house. And maybe, just maybe, we're going to talk special contests for our Talking Raven listeners. So you're not going to want to miss an opportunity to win some free stuff. Until then, this has been the Talking Raven Podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. And remember, you have a lot of greatness inside of you. So don't be afraid to unleash your inner awesome. Merci.